This is episode number 192, and today I'll talk about how often I take my own advice. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis Albritton, your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher. Each week, we'll dive into the tips, tricks, and hacks that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical Christian training. So this is episode number 192 of this podcast, and that's a lot of advice given out by myself and others, whether it's Bible study hacks, prayer tips, evangelism inspirations, relationship wisdom, you name it, we've talked about it. And you might think to yourself, man, Travis, you seem like a perfect Christian if you can dispense all of this information. And you might wonder, well, how good am I at taking my own advice? And that's a fair question. Uh, I think it's good for us to always remember that the people that we listen to and look up to are imperfect, just like we are. (laughs) Many people have been uh, disappointed or had their faith really shook because they put way too much emphasis on following a person instead of on following God. And so I definitely will not pretend to be perfect or, you know, the, the ultimate role model. Um, my hope is that you follow the things in my life that are going to help you be more like Jesus and you learn from my bad example in the areas where I can grow. And that's the mindset I would hope that we have with all of our relationships and all of our mentors. But uh, to answer your question, I would say, if I'm being 100% honest, that I take my own advice around 95% of the time. Why only 95%? Why not 96% or 97%? Well, it's not an exact science, but uh, before I give my reasoning, reasoning, I want to talk about a couple things that have helped me in this area as far as knowing what God's desire is for me in his scriptures and how I fall short. And one of them is not... Uh, necessarily biblical at all, but then another one we're going to dive into the Apostle Paul's contribution to this conversation and this question. And so I want to start here with understanding a little bit better how our brain works. So Sigmund Freud is a very uh, widely respected and noted psychologist, and he identified that the human brain operates on three distinct levels. Your, Your first level, kind of your base level, is called your id, which is your animal instinct. You can think of it like your animal instinct. And so the id part of your brain is thinking, I'm hungry, I must eat now. And that's the only thing that, that, that your id is concerned with. Newborn babies operate 100% on the id level. If you've ever been around babies, uh, you know when they're hungry, they cry until they get fed because that's the only thing that they're thinking about. And this id, it operates on the Pleasure principle, which is the idea that every wishful impulse should be satisfied immediately, regardless of the consequences. It's like you get tunnel vision, and the only thing that is consuming your thought is gratifying this desire. And and your id lives in a fantasy world and has no comprehension of objective reality. So when your id wants something, it doesn't matter if it's impractical or even dangerous, it wants it. And there are a lot of parallels with temptation, with sin, with the id, you know, so you can kind of think about times where you've really been strongly tempted and feeling that overwhelming sense of, I, I feel like I have to act on this impulse. Um, but that is a part 
of how our brain operates. And that's just hardwired into us as human beings. And so understanding that that's there is helpful um, as we move forward in understanding the other levels. So the, the second level on top of the id is your ego. And that doesn't mean that you have an inflated sense of yourself. Uh, ego merely represents your decision-making capability, right? So your ego is the part of your brain that works out realistic ways of satisfying the id's demands, right? So your id, your animal instinct says, I'm hungry. The ego says, let me come up with a plan to drive somewhere to buy food so I can eat. That's kind of the ego's responsibility. And so it's also seeking pleasure, but it's more concerned with developing a realistic strategy to obtain the pleasure. And even at the ego level, there's still no uh, conception or understanding of right and wrong. Uh, It's very much just about putting together a plan to satisfy the id. And so you can think of it kind of like a, you know, if I've decided to give into this temptation, how am I going to go about doing that? Um, Or if I'm not going to give into this temptation, how do I create a plan to get out of it, right? But it's not until you get to the superego, which is the highest level of your brain's capacity, that you start to introduce right and wrong. And that's because your superego is concerned with the ideal you, your ideal person or standard or the standard that you hold yourself to in life, right? So your superego would say, I'm hungry, but I shouldn't go to McDonald's even though it tastes good because you're measuring against some kind of moral standing or some health that you're trying to aspire to, right? And so it rec- the superego is able to recognize the disparity between your ideal self and your actual self. And so that is where you start to see tension between who you want to become and who you actually are. And so the superego is trying to impose morals and values onto your animal instinct, your id, and into your decision-making, which is your ego. And so uh, I say all that to say, when we're talking about taking your own advice or trying to be like Jesus, right? You could also say, how often does my superego directly influence my id and my ego? How often do I allow the morals that I have and the values that I hold to determine how I satisfy my cravings and urges and desires? Um, And I think Paul had a similar struggle with knowing what to do, having a super ego that was very well developed and understood this is the kind of person God wants me to be, but then at times falling short and feeling like he couldn't really get all the way there. And in Romans chapter 7, he gives us a glimpse into what the struggle was like. And in verse 15, he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. And so we don't get any specifics about what this sin is, what this particular temptation is that Paul is wrestling with and and finding himself in constant struggle with, but he's essentially saying the same thing. I know what I want to do. I know what the ideal is. I, I know what I see in scripture. I know what God wants me to do, but I also feel this struggle with these internal desires whether you call it an id, a sinful nature, animal instinct, whatever you call it, um, 
you know, there, there's a tension there. And so even the Apostle Paul would not have said that he takes his own advice 100% of the time, right? Because he recognized that there was another force constantly warring within himself, keeping him from completely becoming the person that he hoped that he could become. So that's why when I say, uh, that's why I only take my advice, I would say 95% of the time, because there is a 5% where I know what I should do intellectually, but either my desires make it extremely difficult to follow through on that, or uh, I'm just feeling lazy or not feel like, I don't feel like fighting or putting in the effort that I really need to, to follow through on it. Or I just fall short and I'm, I make a mistake or I have a lapse in judgment or I don't display the courage that I should. Um, and so, so I would say to answer this question, uh, that I only take my advice 95% of the time, but my goal always is to continue to develop and strengthen my own convictions through Bible study, through prayer, through relationships, because I know that the stronger that my super ego becomes, the, the more clear of a picture I have of the kind of person I'm trying to become and, and what it means to be like Jesus, then that's going to make it a lot easier not necessarily easier, but a clearer path to being able to direct my instincts, my temptations, my sinful nature, and bring those under uh, Jesus and and submit them to Jesus. So hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't, totally fine. Just throw this episode away, come back tomorrow. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of insight into uh, how I think about this and how I process this struggle between what I know that I ought to do and often what I end up doing. Well, that is it for today. Make sure to smash that subscribe button to get daily practical tips just like this one. This podcast is ad-free thanks to my Patreon supporters. If you'd like to partner with me in helping Christians around the world be more effective for God, just go to patreon.com forward slash practical Christian podcast and consider becoming a patron. And if this episode has helped you in some way, please pass it along to one person who would benefit from it. Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.